Hello and welcome aboard the We Are Rail Fans podcast. The series for rail fans by rail fans exploring all areas of the rail hobby from around the globe. I'm Sam and in recent episodes I've been asking you about your favourite railway journeys. Luke from Malta has been in touch and says, My all-time favourite railway journey has to be the first time I went to the Bluebell Railway in 2017. I was on holiday in London. The trip was amazing. It was like I was in a different world. When we reached Sheffield Park, I got to see the entire reason for the trip. Stepney herself. Thanks for the message, Luke. Sounds like a brilliant day and a great holiday. If, like Luke, you want to get in touch to share your own favourite railway journey, or simply want to tell us that you're enjoying the podcast, then visit wearerailfans.com or look us up on Facebook at We Are Rail Fans. While you're there, you can also find the latest news from the train world, as well as links to all previous episodes of this show. Don't forget, you can listen to this series for free wherever you get your podcasts. So why not give us a follow so you never miss an episode? You're listening to the We Are Rail Fans podcast, and today's guest is a presenter on Absolute Radio in the UK. But when he's not hanging around with the great and good of rock and roll, you'll likely find him indulging in his greatest passion, trains. Richie Firth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sam. It's good to be here. Is this a bit odd for you? I mean, normally you're the one doing the interviewing. <laughs> no, it's um, it's the complete opposite of odd. It's relaxing because of that very same thing that you've just said. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself. You've been on Absolute Radio for a while. What's your train background and, and how did you get into uh, into an interest in trains? I have... Uh, loved trains for as long as uh, as as long as I can remember. To be honest, um, my first word was train, uh, and that probably sets it all off. Um, I grew up in Eastbourne, just outside Eastbourne, Polegate, a couple of stops down the line. But the house that um, I lived in when I grew up was uh, right by the uh, train station. So back in the days when I was a kid, it was it was acceptable in the vogue just to stick a toddler in a playpen. And uh, my playpen was right by the lounge window, and I just watched <laughs> I just watched trains come by. So um, I think combined with that as an upbringing, it was always going to be the case, and uh, it's it's never faded. Do you have a specific first memory of a train you saw going past? Um, I can remember the, uh, the, the, the blue and grey British Rail, you know, class 421s. That's, that's all we ever had down on the, the, the line into Eastbourne. So it was them. Then obviously the, all the, the, you know, the, the liveries changed over the years and, uh, the Network Southeast ones came in. Still the same train, but, um, it was, it, w- it would have been one of those blue and grey class 421s. That, that was very much the first train. Yeah. So what's your personal preference for a bit of rail fanning then? Do you, uh, do you go and snap photos? Do you like to stand on the end of a platform and, uh, and go spotting? Are you a modeler? I mean, what's your, what's your preference? I used to spot when I was a kid, had the little books, ticking everything off. Obviously, as a kid, I was, I was limited to the South Coast, so there was only so much I could tick off. So got myself a little uh, spotter's book of uh, multiple units. I can uh, remember as I got older, I can remember my dad saying to me one day that he had a like a, you know, a free weekend when he wasn't playing golf or cricket or something or other. I said, right, what do you want to do today? 
and I wanted to go to York. I wanted to go and see something a little bit different. So I can vividly remember my dad, we must have left Eastbourne around about eight in the morning, getting up to Victoria, going across to King's Cross, getting on a 125 up to York and spent all day on York train station. And suddenly I was getting to tick off so much stuff that I, I'd never had the chance to see before. And the poor old man was just sat in the waiting room with the Daily Telegraph. And then we went back. And that was it. That was that was the day. I was delighted. I guess that's parenthood, making little sacrifices like that. But that was that was it for spotting. For me these days, photography, I would say I am the most basic amateur that there could possibly be. But I like I like trying to get out and do that if if I can because then I've got a record of it and I think it's easier to justify to your wife say hey look this is a really good picture and maybe sometimes she'll go yes it is um, and then move on to something completely different yeah that's that's all the justification we need <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about the only thing isn't it and then for me really it's 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 simulation um, addicted to train sim world eagerly awaiting the Brighton main line that that will be it for me uh, i aspire to modeling uh, in retirement and i've got a couple of little hornby investments that haven't even gone on a track yet because i don't have the space or the time for it but that will come so right now i would say it's mainly simulation with a little bit of photography well that's good simulation at least you can do that from the comfort of your own home even if it's not quite the real thing uh, so what is it that you like about simulation rather than going and, and smelling them as they go past? There's nothing wrong with going and smelling them, but I think what I like about the simulation, and I guess this is, you know, something that any of us that are hugely into railways have only been able to do, you know, properly in our own home for maybe the last sort of 10, 15 years to, to the d- degree and, you know, excellence that everything is now. But I guess it's probably the whole... I wish I'd done that and this is the only way of like um being able to do it. It's not it's not sitting there and um thinking I could do that because I can't. I've chosen a different career path and life path, but I guess with doing this kind of thing, it's um you're able to just indulge yeah, the I guess the the interest that you had as a kid um that you've never grown out of uh, uh, and that you still have. And maybe sometimes, you know, you you're sat on a train and you you've watched too many movies and you think to yourself, someone's going to come over in the tannoy and go, you know, can anyone drive a train? The driver's ill. Love it. And I would, I would put me hand up. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got family who also have a, a passion for trains or is this something you simply do on yourself? It's, it's simply something that I do myself. My sons, as they grow up, uh, well, one of them's completely grown out of it, but he used to like it as a kid. Uh, one of them's three and loves his trains right now, but I know he's going to grow out of it as well. But I don't think there's a bad thing about having things that you do completely on your own. It's great doing th- things as a family and and with the kids or with your other half, but I think it's great having little interests where you just can take yourself off on your own. I love that. So what is it about trains that actually floats your boat what appeals i mean you were exposed to them at a young age and therefore there's that influence going on but what is it that appeals that is a really good question um i've always i guess i don't know whether this answer is is the answer that is is what it is but i know i've always i've always been a person who's always sort of like had a system for anything whether it's loading a dishwasher uh or 
or checking the fuel economy on the car or, or how many miles did that last tank do everything i've always got a system i don't just let anything happen and i don't know i, I guess you know the railway doesn't run without a timetable i've always been fascinated with timetables i love a good map i guess there's so many things around railways that tick boxes of the things that i've always found interesting and maybe it's the sum of the parts I don't know whether that's what it is, but I have I, I've I've realised that about myself as I've as I've grown older. Now you're no stranger to podcasts. You run one of your own, and I suppose you know, <laughs> these days podcasting is is the new radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, how often do you use uh, your your airtime on Absolute to uh, to discuss trains and rail fanning? Uh, how much can you get away with? And and is the podcast merely an excuse for you to be able to talk about it freely? there's two bits to that isn't there i guess on absolute radio how much do i talk about it i do more recently certainly when i first started out certainly when i first started out my career i didn't much at all and then certainly when i arrived at at absolute and realized wow this is a a national platform i'm in a lucky place here kind of thing i i guess i didn't talk about it so much but more recently I have and I don't know whether that is me getting older and just not caring anymore what people think or whether it is this is going to be a bit deep or whether it is just the change in society and I think people are more accepting these days of people's individuality and they don't they don't mock as much as as you used to so maybe maybe I'm more comfortable in saying, yeah, I went out and did this. And I do find actually these days that, you know, if I do say, you know, what did you do over the weekend? I knew the Flying Scotsman was coming up the East Coast Main Line. So I got up early and I went and took a really cool picture of it going through Wellham Green. And suddenly you talk about that and people go, oh, that's really cool. I went too. Or good for you. Love the fact you went off and did that. And I think something has changed in society. So I'm easier. I feel easier talking about it now, but maybe that's also me getting older and just not caring anymore. So, I mean, we've, we've kind of touched on this in a previous podcast actually, is that uh, you're right in that there is a, a societal change uh, that has meant that it's fine to be into slightly geeky slightly nerdy pastimes and i think it's it's the likes of comic books and star wars and all of that kind of business that has uh that has led to this acceptance of so you've got uh, a hobby that is just slightly unusual or or that feels slightly weird to other people do you get to meet many other rail fans in your kind of day-to-day do you have people coming on the show who uh uh who go like yeah, I'm I'm also kind of a closet rail fan, but finding it a little easier to talk about these days. I wish I I wish I had. Probably the, the, the closest to recently was was James May. I know he appreciates a good model railway. There's a man that uh oh, he's a lovely bloke just to you know, you 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 do the interview and then he'd hang around for a good sort of ten, fifteen minutes afterwards just you know, just just, just talking and um sharing geeky things and all that kind of stuff so i can't i can't think of um another particular sort of rail fan that i've had the chance to come across but um uh but i'd i'd snap snap snatch the chance if if it did happen that's for sure so i've been asking our listeners to submit their favorite railway journeys that you've been on and uh do you have any that that particularly stand out oh wow um a couple of years back 
neither me nor my wife are, are great flyers and we went to nice and it didn't take much persuading from me to her to say let's do the train and that was fun Eurostar over to Lille and then uh, switching on to the TGV down to Paris and then I don't know just like felt quite grown up getting across Paris and then just standing in a station getting on a train down to Nice uh, which was just uh, I loved that journey that was great all the way down to Marseille and then it came off the uh, the high speed stuff uh, and <laughs> you're just crawling along uh, the coast to Nice but that was that was a great journey I absolutely love that just the speed of the 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 high speed trains in France is just something else they are just brilliant uh, that that's one that comes straight to mind aside from the fact there was a bloke on that train journey that I swear had a a, a, a a suitcase full of something very untoward he stunk which was a shame about it was a shame about him because it was the only thing that ruined the journey yeah, but it's a, but it's a memory from that journey and makes it stand out from others absolutely uh, and i mean is it a case that it is the the unusual journeys that stand out i mean would you prefer to go and uh, and take a trip on something exotic or is a more mundane everyday kind of trip into london or wherever it, uh, is that the kind of thing that makes you go like this is this is what makes trains great i do do a mundane trip into london every single day um and at the moment it's quite fun actually as a as a rail fan because my line greater anglia trains changing at the moment so i could have i could have one of three different multiple units uh, as they change over the stock um so yeah my mundane journeys are great fun at the moment you know sit there and thinking all right oh it's one of the new ones it's a class 720 yay and then then there'll be another trip home and you're on some 40 year old shed so yeah I, you're you're right i think any journey can be a great journey you're, you're right it's the circumstances that 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 around it that that make it memorable I don't, don't don't be dissing the uh, the forty year old sheds out there. Uh, Any time that I speak ill of a uh, of a pacer, uh, they get up in arms. I can understand that, but I think you can be a rail fan. But when the thing that you are into as a fan is also a part of your everyday journey, and your it needs to get you to work, and it needs to get you home, and you've done a day's work. When suddenly some 317 pulls into the station um, and the hopper window leaks and it's raining and you've got a seat and it's streaming in through that window or the seat's cushion has come off or the carriage door separator doesn't shut and you're thinking, I'd just love this to be one of the 720s that has got air conditioning and doesn't have carriage doors because it's walkthrough then that is when you want to get rid of the sheds but you're quite right on another day when you find out that you know suddenly there's only about two left and this is going to be the last scheduled journey would i be out there taking a picture would i want to want to be on it would i want to be sat in the motor car listening to it as it's going down the uh the the the, the main line towards tottenham hale absolutely but i think you <laughs> i think you can still hate them so it's a it's a question of uh of, I guess practicality uh if you're doing it on a on a daily basis versus the maybe the romantic side of things which is actually these are quite scarce now and and there's something still magical about it. Definitely, absolutely, yeah. And probably in 10 years time 
will actually miss some of the unpredictability about some of the things at the moment that we're we're wishing ill of and you realize that actually they had a little bit more personality um so no it's a very good point maybe i should not be uh wishing things away just yet oh I'm, i don't never let me sway anybody's particular opinions about anything um so you host uh, a podcast called the travel hacker uh, what's that all about <laughs> This is something that I do uh, with a friend of mine uh, called Chris Skinner. This is more a, a podcast which is into all forms of travel and also um, trying to, loosely speaking, hack travel. So we'll we'll take something uh, and try to pr- and try and prove that there's uh, another way of doing it. For example, our first our first episode. Uh, we took the M25, so we're away from rail for a second. M25, people fear it, horrendous motorway. It's only 117 miles long. I wanted to prove that you could do the entire drive around the M25 in under two hours. Uh, so that was our first two episodes. Spoiler alert, we did it. At two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was eight o'clock at night. And we did get uh, we did get a, a parking ticket for leaving a car in South Mim services for over two hours. Because who would normally do that? Only people that are trying to break a record around the M25. And we forgot to pay the dart charge. So that was, uh, that was uh, two episodes of the podcast that weren't um, financially viable, but it was good fun to do. But it was also one of those things where every now and then... To be quite frank, we rarely come up with any hacks that are viable, but it is actually a chance just for for two guys who get on to go out and uh, mess about and try and prove a point. So you're a, a logistics fan, and you uh, you hack travel solutions. <laughs> try to for, for fun uh, in your spare time. How would you go about solving the uh, the various travel issues that we've got in the UK? I mean, for the, for those who who aren't aware, or for for historical note. Uh, we're just coming out of a, a minor blip in our fuel delivery because we have a shortage of tanker drivers at the moment. Does that kind of reliance on personal transport, particularly diesel, actually, has, has been very difficult to uh, to get hold of in the past week? How would you go about fixing all of that? <laughs> wow. Give us your big hack. My big hack? Oh, I'm going to go on one of my rants if I'm not careful. My big hack would be just to be ploughing more and more money into public transport my really unpopular one my really unpopular thing over the last 20 years has been retest everybody at 70 i just see so many bad drivers on the road retest everybody at 70 and if they get their license taken away that's less accidents on the roads more money you can put into public transport. i would just be flinging more and more and more money into public transport and I'm now regretting that I publicly just aired my retest everybody at 70 theory. Um, but yeah, I'd just be uh, just be flinging money at public transport. I just you, you look at the state of the environment and it's it seems to me to be a no brainer. So presumably trains would be top of your list for public transport then? They would be 100 percent. It's just the it's, you know, that's that's why we're all here on this podcast or listening to it we're all we're all fans of it i'm excited about crossrail to be honest um just you know from from a from a london side of things um just to see a new line come into london and and i think 
I've just got this feeling that maybe once that's up and running and people are using it and everyone's using public transport again after after COVID and all that kind of thing, people will see how railway really can change society. You go to the London Transport Museum and you see how London changed and new commuter towns sprung up just because of the development of the railways and people learn how transformative railways can be just in society. So... I, I hope that maybe Crossrail can can do that and people will see, oh, well, actually, we've moaned about the cost, it's been delayed and all that kind of stuff, but, wow, this has really improved this part of town or it's improved that part of town or it's improved my life because I can commute in easier. And then maybe we'll get, we'll get further railways and further developments. Uh, a north-south one would be great as well. Yeah, I, it's, it's the future. Well, that's, I mean, that's a, an easy segue into into a bit of HS2. We had the lead archaeologist for HS2, or the historic environment manager, to give him his proper title, on last time around. I suspect that you're you're a supporter of that. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. You only, you only need to. We we talked about that journey, um, you know, from from Paris to Nice with the the bloke with the smelly suitcase. Um, you only need to see what travel is like in in Europe with a high speed network. Suddenly. I've gone from Paris to Nice. I haven't flown. I've gone on a train, carbon footprint. Um, it's it's just I've used the phrase no brainer before. I'll use it again. It's 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 the way forward. So yeah, for this country as well, we don't need to be flying anywhere in this country. It's such a small such a small country. All our airports are, are out of town, so you've got to get to the airport in the first place. I don't see any need for domestic air travel in this country. Railways going to get people quicker in in every case okay now i mean this this next section is going to feel a little bit kind of shoehorned in given your radio status so here we go, here we go. Mm-hmm. there are quite a few pieces of music out there that feature <laughs> trains as the subject matter do you have any particular favorites <laughs> last train to clarksville is is a fantastic song uh that comes to mind doobie brothers long train running always love that one i think i've liked that as a piece of music even though it's about trains no, no, um, you, you, you're not getting the right answer here at all it's it's obviously smokestack lightning by uh, uh howling wolf i mean come on i mean come on honestly <laughs> okay well that's opened the door to what i think is going to generate a few comments uh if you have a favorite piece of train based music and uh well you can tell us why it's smokestack lightning let us know via the We Are Rail Fans Facebook page. On a similar theme, uh, the likes of Pete Waterman and Jules Holland and Rod Stewart, these are all rail fans, although they're, they're all model railwayers, uh, I think, as their, as their primary uh, rail fanning outlet. Do you think that there is a link? This is tenuous. Do you think there is a link between music and rail fanning? I think in the people that you've mentioned, yes, there is a link, and, and it is money. Well, yes. <laughs> I think so many of us love railways and love trains. You look at kids' toys, so many kids will have a train set at some point. Some grow out of it, others it lays dormant, but I think it's latent in all of us. And I think when you look at the likes of Pete Waterman and George Holland and Rod Stewart, they've had successful careers and suddenly they've got the money to be able to go back and re- <laughs> regress is the wrong word. That would imply it's a bad thing, but they've had the chance to indulge into something that others of us might not have the chance to do 
as as we're grown ups, uh, and they've got it with the ca- they've got it with the cash from a career. Pete Waterman, I mean, that's the one that I envy the most. I mean, you know, he's it's it's not just um, the model trains with him. It, he he he's owned some some proper ones and and get and gets to ride them as well. It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I think money's the link on that one. But uh, am I envious of them? Yes. So if you had, I mean, you know, if you had all of that disposable income at your fingertips, would you be investing in, I don't know, an exotic garden railway or uh, or maybe buying a, a heritage line or, or something along those lines? What would be your your dream rail purchase if you could? Um, coming straight to mind, if I had money, I think I would try and save a class 421 from scrap and put it in the back garden uh, and it would... Uh, <laughs> it would take up a lot of room and my wife would hate it. Uh, but I think it could be uh, a fantastic little outhouse, um, family over, sit inside, convert it or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, <laughs> I think I've gone absurd. What What is it about the 421? Why? It's where the journey all started for me. You know, it's the, that was the first train that, that went past that house in Polgate. Um, I spent so many years just you know traveling up and down that line you know from Eastbourne into London or to Brighton so many years on those trains they they were the formative ones they made so many just iconic noises the slam door even the standard class seats were like sofas compared to like a first class seat in a modern train now they were just they were just the best I loved them Richie, we close the show with quick fire round of questions. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. What is your favourite train? Class 421. Good. Steam, diesel, or modern trains? Oh. Out of nowhere, I'm going to go diesel. Okay. Is there one train that you'd wished you'd seen in person? Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been past it in its dormant resting phase, but in person running the APT. Yeah, I don't, we, we've all been past crew. I think we're done. I think we've all seen it in its resting phase. <laughs> <laughs> Where is your favourite place to travel by train? Country, location? The one that I've been impressed with the most because I didn't realise naively that their railways were so good and, Kel surprise, they run on time, Switzerland. Okay, good stuff. Uh, What do you think the future for rail travel holds? What I hope it holds is a really positive future because of the need for railways, because of climate if we can all get back to mass transportation after covid then i think the railways have got a great future and finally another quick fire one just for you uh is uh, where would you rather spend your weekend reading festival or reading railway station <laughs> um that's easy don't know why i'm even thinking it's the railway station beautiful answer I think you've, you've you've leaned into that one. <laughs> Richie, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, for those outside the UK, Absolute's available on the internet, isn't it? So uh, so give us a quick pitch for your, for your radio station there. 
Absolute Radio, for those listening outside of the UK, yes, uh, you can stream us through our website, absoluteradio.co.uk. Uh, uh, I do the home time show uh, weekdays at 4pm uh, in the afternoon uh, with Andy Bush. Uh, the two of us do that. Uh, so if you're listening internationally, it might not be uh, necessarily your home time when you listen, but uh, the drivel that we get away with five days a week still stays the same. Awesome. And uh, and I assume we can expect a little bit more rail chat on home time. We're, we're acting as an enabler. <laughs> Definitely. In fairness, Andy's never stood in the way of, uh, of me chatting about trains. And uh, I'll have to go back when I'm back next week and uh, talk about this appearance anyway. So, yeah, definitely. It will continue. Richie Firth, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. If you're enjoying this series, please let us know via wearerailfans.com or use the We Are Rail Fans Facebook page. And don't forget to tell us all about your favourite railway journeys too. And then maybe you will hear yourself on another show. We'll be back with another episode as soon as the signal changes. This has been a Listen production. Thanks for travelling with us today, and if you wouldn't mind, please ensure you have all your belongings with you before you leave the show. And we'll catch you next time.